Hello, and welcome to Stone, Wood, Fire, remembering the Armenian genocide in Yerevan and Binghamton. In this podcast, we'll explore the difficult and oftentimes daunting task of commemoration in the wake of mass atrocities and genocides. How has the Armenian genocide been remembered amongst the diaspora in places like Binghamton? What types of monuments and memorials have been erected in Yerevan by the state and or its citizens? I'm your host, Linda Zhang, and I hope together we can find the answers to these questions. I swear with my honor and nationality to put all my strengths, and need be my blood, to serve for the just cause of liberation of Armenia against tyranny. Therefore, Armenian mountains will be my pillow, and my innermost desire will be to die for the sake of homeland. I'm glad and willing to bear the kiss of a sizzling bullet. Upon entering the Armenian Genocide Museum in Yerevan, I saw these words hanging above me. So simple, yet they carry an immense weight that falls on you as soon as you read them. They caught in my throat then and have stayed with me since. This oath was taken by the Fedai, regular Armenians who volunteered to defend Armenian people from Turkish oppression before and during the genocide. This oath is characteristic of the strong feelings that all Armenians have towards their motherland, of the sacrifices they are willing to take despite the possible risks. I interviewed Mane Gregorian, Havanis Turoyan, and Solak Molkegalistian, various Armenians who have all visited the memorial and can grant some important insights as to how commemoration takes place in Armenia. In this episode, I will explore the risks that many courageous Armenians took in fighting for recognition of the genocide in Soviet Armenia and for the creation of the Sisir Nakabir Memorial. The Sisir Nakabir Memorial is the official memorial in Armenia dedicated to the victims of the Armenian Genocide. According to legend, Sisir Nakabir Hill, or Swalos Fortress in Armenian, was where the temple of Armenian goddess Ashtik was located, whose symbol is a swallow. In traditional Armenian folk songs and writings, swallows have long symbolized a return to home after exile. The memorial complex can be recognized as the fortress in which the swallows, or Armenian people are able to return to, to keep alive the memory of their exile. Like all great memorials and monuments, the construction of the Sisirnakabir Memorial was not without immense pressure and civil unrest. Before gaining its independence on September 21, 1991, Armenia was a member of the Soviet Union. At that time in Soviet Armenia, it was prohibited to practice a national ideology which made commemoration of the Armenian Genocide extremely difficult for Armenians who were forced to grieve their national tragedy in silence. State discourse on the massacres was extremely limited, and any publications or events related to it were censored. On the 50th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide, after decades of silence and lack of remembrance, a pivotal event occurred which created ripple effects for commemoration of the genocide in Armenia and in other countries around the world where the diaspora existed. On April 24, 1965, 100,000 protesters gathered at the Yerevan Opera House for a demonstration that would last 24 hours to call for the official recognition of the Armenian Genocide by the Soviet Union and for the construction of a memorial in honor of the victims of the genocide. An event of this scale was unheard of in the Soviet Union at that time and marks a unique turning point in history. The demonstrations had proven incredibly successful as following from it, a national competition was announced for the design of a memorial that would eternalize the memory of the victims of the genocide. Nearly 100 proposals were submitted, but the winning project chosen was codenamed Flag of Soviet Armenia and had been submitted by architects Shashur Kalashian and Artur Tarkanian. If you are standing in front of the memorial, the first structure you will notice is 
the reborn Armenia, the 44-meter steel obelisk that rises from the ground and narrows as it reaches a single point, seemingly skimming the sky from where you're standing. The obelisk symbolizes the survival of the Armenian people against persecution and their rebirth through hardships. Walking up to it, you will notice a deep crevice running the vertical length of the monument that cuts the monument in two, symbolizing the sliver of trees at the memorial striving to reach the sun. To the left of the obelisk is the Sanctuary of Eternity, twelve large basalt slabs arranged in a circle with an internal flame in the center. The slabs symbolize tombstones for those who perished in the Syrian desert and is open at the top to represent an open grave. The single eternal flame represents a victim in the open grave. The Sanctuary of Armenia and Reborn Armenia monuments are located next to each other on a plateau. On the far left of the memorial complex located away from the plateau is a memorial wall. The memorial wall is a 100-meter-long basalt wall with chiseled names of towns and villages starting from Istanbul to Derzor, where massacres and deportations occurred. These three components make up the main 4,500 square meters of the memorial complex. Since its construction in 1967, the Sisternakabert complex has become a place where Armenians can gather every April 24th, Remembrance Day for the Armenian Genocide. On this day, people from all over Armenia come together to walk up Sisternakabert Hill towards the memorial. In the following interviews with Hovanis and Solak, I wanted to understand what their personal connection to the genocide was and why it's important to them to commemorate it. Yeah, Hovanis Toroyan. I am working at Amira Group. Could you maybe speak about what happens on April 24th? Because when I learned about it, it was something that really shocked me that an entire nation of people could basically stop one day and just do this huge type of commemoration. Yeah, on April 24th, actually, uh, it's a symbolic day because um, most of the elite uh, that used to live in nowadays Turkey from the Western Armenia was actually murdered on April 24th. That's why that date was picked as a commemoration day. For clarification purposes, many Armenians refer to the eastern regions of Turkey today as Western Armenia or the area that makes up a part of the historical homeland of Armenia. They will sometimes refer to the present Republic of Armenia as Eastern Armenia. You're right. I think um, pretty much everyone, and not only in, from Yerevan, but also from the regions, like most of the people either drive or take buses uh, to Yerevan. And then we walk to the genocide memorial with flowers uh, to commemorate um, that day. For me personally, uh, it's a very, very personal thing because that's a specific day when I uh, remember uh, my family that uh, was left behind in Turkey. And at the same time, uh, I appreciate the fact that I'm here standing on this land alive and understanding that I have certain responsibilities for that, that because of my grandfather survived and I'm here, I have to somehow give back to the world. So um, uh, it's a day when a lot of inner thinking is happening, both remembering those that didn't survive, uh, unfortunately, and at the same time looking forward that, well, we did, and we have to take some accountability for whatever is happening today to make sure that after 100 years, we'll have less 
tragic moments to remember and more developments to celebrate. My name is Solak Mulkegailasyan. I am a artistic director of Mihar Theater. Has it been something that you've always known about? About the genocide? Yeah. In my case, my grandmother was telling me when I was very small that this day, especially day, remembering, and I always asking why, my grandmother, and she's saying like this is, she's not going to the details, but I don't know. From the beginning, I, I know everything like that. For for example, my father always carry on me to memorial place. It was and on his shoulders. <laughs> so maybe that was a time when I think I remember. I was four, maybe five, something like that. I starting to speak. Yeah, th- this this is v- very strong part of also our family because of this uh, that we know that our ancestors from Mush and from Manaskert from Kars. So my father line is from Mush and Manaskert. My mother line is from Kars and from Shushi, Shushi in Artsakh. So there's like always you need to know these stories, also these songs which we know, which we are singing. So this is mostly from Western Armenia, which is mostly dedicated to some historical things which happened. It's very big layer of our, our not just history, but also our life. It's not like something which you are just... Always if you have a friends or if you are inviting some international guest, you have this topic and you're always speaking about that. In our case, we have a lot of this kind of people, like our professional friends friends of our family, so you're always speaking about it. So this is not just something which is, you know, in historical books, you need to open it, or read it, and close and put in the bookstore. No, just like you need to. It's always with you. First years after independence, we had very, very difficult uh, times in Armenia economically. Times when uh, we most of the people didn't really have heat, light in their houses. Uh, and even those times, uh, on every single April 24, you will see uh, pretty much close to one million people at the memorial. Uh, transportation was terrible. People actually would walk tens of kilometers, uh, to re- or hundreds of kilometers maybe, to reach a memorial. I know even stories that people from the regions, like from further regions, would leave their houses like one or two days earlier, and then... Uh, back then, they would s- make a stopover to a random person's house to stay at night and then to reach to Yerevan uh, for the 24th. So uh, it has so much emotions uh, for Armenians. To most of us, the idea of taking an entire day to mourn for people we've never met and will never meet seems strange. But as Solak says, the Armenian genocide wasn't just history for Armenians but the real flesh and blood destruction of their families and culture. On April 24th, the inner turmoil and pain of loss that each Armenian feels is shared with the rest of the community. It isn't just a day for personal reflection and remembrance, but also collective mourning by the nation whose identity continues to be shaped through the consequences of this tragic event. Recognition of the Armenian genocide remains a contentious issue within the international community. On the grounds of the Sister Nakabirn Memorial Complex, Recognition is regarded as a primary concern. The entire area of the memorial complex from the tip of the 44-meter steel obelisk to the folds between the pages of the Book of Honorary Guests were designed to emphasize the importance of recognition. But I wanted to know if normal Armenians today find the issue of recognition to be important. Yeah, I think uh, recognition in general, um, it's not really 
helping us somehow to feel better about those like events. But I think uh, recognition, uh, but we really fight so hard for recognition. And I think the mo- like reason behind it is that we do believe that if more people recognize Armenian genocide, uh, it will prevent any potential actions like that. And not only genocide in general, but any type of like mass negative developments. Uh, so for us, it's perceived as the first step towards condemnation or prevention. Uh, every single time that any country officially recognizes it, it gives us an opportunity to speak about it. And you would actually see a lot of people on the streets so much positive thinking and uh, about that certain country or people. And when you think about it again, like it doesn't really help anyhow. It wouldn't really uh, give birth to people that were murdered. It wouldn't really uh, make people that are alive now richer or whatever. But it gives you more hope uh, that humanity will stand much more bold behind prevention of any potential development of such kind. So do you think uh, the recognition is necessary? Very, of course, of course. It, it's a necessary step for, for governments. Because, you know, when, when the government's saying that this thing is not, doesn't exist, they put putting these kind of things in the books, they are hiring some people who are trying to, I don't know, so, some countries like French, uh, when they are putting that in a law, Turkey starting doing some things against it. So it's like, it's very, very bad. So in this case, I can tell that the modern Turkey government are same in the way, which is that government of Yedid Turks, which did the genocide. If they will be another, they will say, yeah, this part of our history and we are, maybe they are apologized, maybe they will do some steps. But step by step, we can create a future. In this case, there's no opportunity of dialogue. They saying it doesn't exist, and we're saying, no, it is. Because everyone in Armenia have family who died there. Everyone. Everyone. Every single person who you see in Armenia, they have someone who was killed in the period of the genocide. There's a lot of people saying, ah, we need to put that in, in history. And do another step. And I'm always saying that this is the idea which is carry on the Turkey government. Put it to the history and go on without that. No. It need to be recognized. It need to be part of international history. Not just for us. For the future. For everyone know that if something, this kind of thing are happening, in the future there will be punishment. And the people, maybe in this case, people in this kind of places like Darfur, which was happened in 2006. It was like just like 2006. Oh my God. And this is, this is a problem because Armenian genocide was the first genocide of 20th century. Because before that, there was a, again, there was a million of genocides, different ways, starting from the Native American people was killed from Spanish people or, or from British people who was invading their country. But they don't call this genocide. Okay. So you need to call it, starting from that. But let's speak about the beginning of 19th, uh, 20th century, which is like modern history, we can say. 
and why the one of the terrible events which has happened in the beginning of the first world war was just like denied and like there's a lot of countries which like like turkey no there's nothing like serious like that no it's very serious it's very serious things and we need to fight for it until the end because it's very important for human history not just like you know armenian history like you know local small country armenia with local small problems no it is huge huge problem for whole world because there's millions of small and big genocides there's no word small or big but i i mean like small for these big countries for them are small not for people who are suffering which need to become a part of history and the countries which did that they need to do something at least to apologize at least to starting pay some money for people who lost their families and so it's very important things historical genocides they don't have any you know timeline and deadline when you know of after 200 years everyone will no just like forget it and we will continue no no there's something which never no one will never forget for some armenians recognition doesn't present itself as an issue that needs to be tackled in the immediate future and for others it is a difference between staying in the past or changing for the better Despite these varying opinions, it appears that recognition or the lack thereof remains an important challenge for Armenia and the rest of the international community to tackle. When I first visited Sisternakaber Memorial and the Armenian Genocide Museum, I was overwhelmed by a sense of devastation that seemed to shroud the entire complex. Walking to the memorial and placing a bouquet of flowers at the eternal flame, all I could think about was what my small act could do for Armenians who were killed during the genocide. or for Armenians who struggle to this day with the consequences. It is much easier to feel the sense of hopelessness than it is to consider all the important progress that has been made and think of all those who sacrificed for the sake of their homeland. Through the efforts of courageous Armenians who commemorate the Armenian genocide every April 24th, there is continued remembrance. Through the demonstrations of brave Soviet Armenians who fought for the sake of recognition, there is continued memorialization. and through the incredible survival of Ottoman Armenians who escaped murder, torture, and various means of extermination, there's continued life. It is this immense bravery and courage for life that defines the Armenian nation and what enables Armenians today to continue in their fight for commemoration and recognition. In the next episode, we will explore non-traditional forms of commemoration in Armenia and how they contribute to an evolving understanding of the Armenian genocide. I'm your host Linda Zhang. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Stone Wood Fire. Mm-hmm.